0: Good Sunday evening, everyone. Uh, Sunday afternoon, rather. It's a beautiful, sunshiny, wintry day. I love a day like this, don't you? Just how, just a uh, little briskness in the air, and yet just that uh, that that uh, beauty of the sunshine. It's a beautiful day. You know, I was thinking uh, to just reflect a moment of, and and back off a little bit from 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 some of our teaching, just to kind of reflect on the big picture not lose the forest for the trees, so to speak. You know, I was just reflecting back on starting this back in July <clears throat> and how God called, call, I felt God called to be a watchman. And, uh, and then <laughs> it was amazing that, um, right after doing that lightning struck our whole internet system and destroyed it, had to get a new internet box and uh, new TV and new computer even and so um so anyway it's been it's been an interesting ride and then um just reflecting on recent times uh my feeling was that after the christmas break we would begin to get into like particular uh deceptive philosophies of our day we started out talking a little bit about postmodernism. then i've really felt led and i felt i should reflect on this a bit with you all that in recent weeks i felt led to just kind of really focus on you know, almost more how to not be deceived than about the, the, the deceptive philosophies and so we kind of have not have not come gone but come back to the deceptive philosophies and i really feel strongly that how that that's what the lord wants us to do to really see how he can protect us how he can lead us into all the truth how he is the truth And in that, you know, as we know that, then then that may be a protection from deception. And so so today is kind of the similar theme. And so so let's pray a moment as we get into this today. Father, thank you so much that Jesus, you you told Jesus to tell us to be careful that no one deceive us. And so, so, Lord, we thank you for... That warning, and Lord, we we trust you to lead us in all the truth. Have your way. Give us ears to hear what your Spirit is saying, Lord. In Jesus' name. Well, our topic today, I'm calling it, uh, Jesus shows us how to discern deception, and it's uh, it's based in uh, John chapter eight. The just a remarkable story there of how Jesus confronted. religious leaders of israel with the truth we're going to spend some the next couple weeks in in john 8. and today we begin with the gracious story of the woman caught in adultery and jesus is teaching and the the uh the teachers of religious law and the pharisees bring in this woman that they say has been caught in the very act of adultery and so they interrupt his teaching and say the law says stoner, what do you say? And so in effect, they've just picked a fight. In fact, verse 6 of uh, John 8 says they were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. And so, you know, this reality, you know, as they're doing this, I think this brings to light a a fact that we have to deal with as we are seeking to take a stand on the truth. And that is that, as we do that battles are inevitably going to happen and you know the re- and, and and another reality of life is that the truth is really divisive you know any any time anyone would say this is the truth well that means to those who would disagree that they are either liars or they are deceived and so this fact Kind of necessitates that that we, if we're going to speak the truth, we we've got to do it in love and with humility. And and boy, does Jesus ever do that well here? And so his so throughout John eight, Jesus how Jesus reacts to the religious leaders and all, and he, this is so instructive to us on how to take a stand on the truth. So Jesus speaks the truth in love here. And so as we go back to this to the religious leaders trap here in john 8 you know jesus just remained silent for a few moments in fact he's you know kind of writing in the on the in the dust and you know and he could have gotten uh angry very easily here you know think about his his uh, stuff that he did in the in the uh, temple you know you've turned my father's house into a, into a market You know, and and he made the whip and all, you know, he could have easily gotten angry there. Instead, in this instance, Jesus responds with great patience and kindness and didn't say anything for a while. Well, they kept demanding an answer. So his reply is so awesome. He says, all right, this is is John 8, uh, verse 7. All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. Always kind of wondered what he was writing. <laughs> and so, so what happens then is, is amazing. They all, all these accusers, all these religious leaders and Pharisees, they all slowly slipped away, beginning with the older ones first. Now that, we can say that easily, us older guys, right? So anyway, verse 10, Jesus stood up again, said to the woman, where are your accusers? didn't even one of them condemn you no lord she said and jesus said neither do i go and sin no more and you know this confrontation really kind of centers around sexual immorality you know and we've talked about that you know a good bit in recent times you know and you know standing on the truth uh, you know this is very instructive to us in that standing on the truth of sexual immorality particularly In our current culture may come across to many as we're being harsh and so you know following Jesus example here and speaking the truth in love must be our manner you know love is kind you know and Jesus did not condemn this woman in any way and you know as we reflect on it he could have he could have picked up the first stone being without sin instead he tells her neither do I condemn you but go and sin no more and so you know And this this whole confrontation here kind of illustrates how how often deception is religious in nature you know you know they were seeking a, to use a religious truth against him they're trying to trap him and so you know and it's, it's it really seems that deception is often like this you know we reflect on scripture you know, we saw last week how Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light, you know, and think of the deception of Adam and Eve. Uh, the deception that, that was used was to doubt God's word. The deceiver says, did God really say? And so, you know, and then think about Jesus and his temptation by Satan. Every temptation was done with scripture. And so why is this? Why may deception often come in a religious form? Well, all creation and nature itself innately recognize the self-evident truth that there is a great creator God who's the source of truth. Therefore, the, the tact from the beginning of deception has always been, did God really say? To make us doubt, to make us doubt the truth of God. So if that's the case, how do we discern the truth? Well, I think the key is deception. Discernment of deception comes from our relationship with Jesus. You know, as Jesus was tempted by the devil, he models, models for us dependence on his relationship with the Father. And so, you know, in this case, you know, in the temptation, Jesus has fasted for 40 days. So Satan says, hey, if you're the son of God, turn this stone into bread. You know, and Jesus replied, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now that every word there in Matthew 4, 4 is the Greek word rhema, which literally means that which is or has been uttered by the living voice. Now, a remarkable thing here. You know, and so, so, so Jesus is saying, Hey, we live by that living voice of God. You know, and, and in this instance with this temptation, you know, Jesus had done many miracles. He, he, he indeed could have easily turned those stones to bread. You know, think about his feeding the 5,000 with the, you know, a few, you know, the fish and the bread. But Jesus abided so intimately with the Father that he lived by the Father's living voice. And he discerned the nature of Satan's attempted deception. You know, God the Father, in a sense, in this instance, God the Father had not told him to end his fast by turning the stones into bread. You know, in a similar way, this kind of just just thinking about Scripture and how it how it t- it instructs us in this way. Hebrews four tells us this today, if you will hear His voice. Do not harden your hearts. Verse 12 goes on and says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So this seems to say, if we keep our hearts soft and open, To our loving, triune God, we will hear his voice and it will give us discernment. After all, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. His word is living and and all authority is his and he is with us always. You know, Jesus beautifully says in John 15, 7, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. So as we remain in Jesus and his words are in us, we will be able to discern the thoughts and intents of those who want to deceive us. Now, let's let's reflect a moment on on, uh, Matthew 7. In Matthew 7, Jesus warns us about those who would deceive us. And he says, Matthew 7, 15, Beware of the false prophets, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Down to verse 18, a good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. So then you will know them by their fruits. Now, obviously this truth requires us to discern the fruit of other people's lives. Now, sometimes this may take a while, you know, and and just meditating on this and thinking about it. All fruit trees have green leaves, you know, and we may have to wait for the right season to see the fruit. And so, you know, another beautiful thing in helping us with deception is Jesus prayed this amazing prayer in John 17 to, in, in his prayer was that we would be protect, protected from the deception of this world. Verse 1, he prays, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now, this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God. And Jesus Christ whom you have sent how beautiful that, that passage is that's John uh, 17 verses 1 to 3 and so eternal life is truly knowing the living God you know and how do we really know someone you know it's only through a relationship and so Jesus goes on in John 17 verse 6 I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world they were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Verse 8, for I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. Verse 11, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy holy father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me. Verse 14, I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. Verse 15, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world even as I am not of it. And then beautifully, John 17, verse 17, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Now let's seek to apply the the truth and promise of this prayer. It seems that we begin by truly knowing the living God. This knowledge, this knowledge of the living God, assures us of eternal life. As we know him, As Jesus says says here, we are his, we are his children. As his children, we accept and obey his word. As we have accepted and obeyed his word, we are not of this world. And so, so the world then hates us just like it hated Jesus. So Jesus prays that the Father will protect us from the world and that the Father would sanctify us, which means, set us apart from the world protect us set us apart from the world how does he sanctify us by his truth his word is truth as we are set apart from the world by his word we will know the truth that will set us free from deceptiveness of the world from the deceptiveness of the world what a beautiful prayer that jesus has prayed for us a final thought here <clears throat> False prophets will bear the fruit of the world. Well, what is the fruit of the world? First John chapter two. John just very specifically highlights some bad fruit. You know, this can help us to see, you know, what the the fruit of false prophets. In fact, John kind of wraps this up in verse twenty six of First John two. He says, "These things I have written to you concerning." those who are trying to deceive you so he says throughout the chapter just summarizing some key points highlights of bad fruit verse 9 he says the one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now verse 14 the one who says i have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Verse 15, do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. Verse 21, beautiful assurance here. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it and because no is of the truth. Verse 22, who is the liar, but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the antichrist, the one who denies the father and the son. So let's summarize and meditate on this. So those who are trying to deceive us will act with hatred as their motive not love they will disobey god's commandments they will be lustful and prideful they will deny both the existence of god the father and that the father has sent his son jesus christ as our savior and lord so finally final thought today Deception by its very nature is not simply and readily discerned. Let's admit it. You know, the very fact that so much of Scripture addresses deception confirms how difficult it may be to truly discern it. However, as we, these words that we've seen today, and I encourage your meditation on these, especially John 17, and, and as Jesus has prayed for us here, as we truly know. Our living God and abide in him and his word. He will sanctify us from the deceptive world and he will protect us. Let's close in prayer. Father, we we marvel at your ways. Jesus, you were you were so amazing as you as you handled these people who were trying to trap you. And Lord, you were so gracious to not condemn, but to act in, with patience and love. Lord, help us to be like you. And Lord, Lord, we are we are yours, Lord God. And have your way among us, Lord Jesus. And, and Lord, we 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 thank you that you're the one who has warned us to be careful that no one deceives us. And Lord, we thank you for the beauty of your word here. And Lord, you you tell us we'll know those who are trying to deceive us by the fruit of their lives. Lord, give us your discernment. Lord, we thank you. We rejoice in you. And Lord, we, we, uh, we give you praise. Continue to guide us. Give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying. And Lord, we thank you for setting us apart. We thank you for protecting us. And we pray in in your holy name, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Amen. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, have a great week. Uh, look forward to sharing you guys sharing with you guys next time. And you know, again, I would encourage you guys to please feel free to to pass the link of this on to anyone that you feel would be blessed by it. Just seeking to. Be obedient and have ears to hear what God's saying. Y'all have a great week. Love y'all.